Welcome to Financial Bliss with Kelly Long, where we get to the root cause of whatever it is that's holding you back from making the most of your finances. I'm your host, Kelly Long, a CPA, certified financial planner, and personal finance specialist. Whether you're feeling anxiety, fear, or just plain information overload, my goal here is to help you move forward with confidence and clarity and help you find your own version of financial bliss. Hello, hello, and welcome to Financial Bliss with Kelly Long. I'm your host, Kelly Long, and I am a money coach for smart, responsible women and couples who are looking for unbiased, independent guidance to help them optimize their money. And in today's episode, I want to talk to you about a question that I get often in passing, like at a cocktail party, or a client will like kind of toss it out like, oh, by the way, I need to figure this out. And that is breaking down the question of what should I do with my old 401k? You're going to get different answers based on who you ask to this question. And I am going to basically cover all of the potential answers so that you can feel like you have a complete overview of each of the options and their pros and cons. So the way I see it, what to do with your old 401k, you technically have four options. And the first option would be to cash it in or cash all of your accounts in and use the money for something else not one you're going to hear from a lot of financial folks. The second option would be to keep them all where they are at your old jobs. Often the reason you're asking is because you don't want to do that, but that is an option. The third option would be consolidating them all into your current employer's 401k. Again, not something that's often discussed by certain financial folks. And the final option, the most common one you're going to hear from friends or definitely from other financial advisors would be to roll them all over into an IRA at the provider of your choice, or if you're talking to a financial advisor, most likely to their firm. So here's my take on each of those options. I decided to tackle the least desirable option, and I'm doing air quotes, the least desirable option here first, because cashing them out while most financial people will just gloss right over this one. They're going to say like, don't do that. It's the worst option. And then they're just going to move on to try to convince you one of the other options. But I'm here to give you the no BS answer. And this acknowledges that a lot of people do, in fact, cash in their old retirement accounts. And while that does generally lead to taxation, and in many cases, tax penalties, there are cases where it could be the best option. Unpopular opinion. So first, I'm going to level with you and share that the first time I left a job, I cashed out my 401k. Now, at the time I did it, there was less than $1,000 in there. And to be totally honest, I didn't fully understand the tax consequences. But also, I was literally drowning in debt and very much living paycheck to paycheck and beyond. So that like $600 or whatever it was, that made a huge difference in the month that I received it. And really, it enabled me to get through a very expensive month at the time without adding to my debt. And really, when I look back, I think that actually was kind of the start of me finally being on the other side of credit card debt, which was when I was able to start the slow and painful process of paying it down. See, because anyone who bails themselves out of credit card debt through the process of just paying it off over the years, you do get to a point where you don't add any new dollars to your debt, right? So for me, that 401k cash out was the turning point for me. I was able to use that money to pay some bills and also create a tiny little nest egg that the next time something came up that I didn't have the money for, I didn't have to put it on my credit card. Now, I also mentioned the tax part, which was a bit of a bummer for me because I didn't realize I was incurring a taxable event when I said, yeah, send me the money. So fast forward to January of the following year, and I'd already filed my taxes because I needed that refund money ASAP. 
And I get a 1099 R in the mail for my old job tells me that I have to claim that $600 as income. And then when I went to fill out an amended tax return, because I was a tax accountant at the time, (laughs) I learned that there was an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty tacked onto that regular tax. So that kind of sucked. The good news is that I found out all of this before my refund had actually arrived. So I knew that when I got the money that I would need to set part of it aside to send in the additional taxes due before April 15th. So it wasn't like a super painful experience, but it was a bummer to be like, I'm getting this big tax refund. Oh, wait, I have to send some of it back to the IRS. But my greater point here is this, cashing in your retirement, especially if you're under age 59 and a half, which is when you can technically make penalty-free withdrawals from a 401k or IRA account, that's going to have tax consequences. Now, if it was a Roth 401k, you would be able to subtract any contributions that you'd made from the amount that is going to be taxed, but any growth that was in your account, that's taxed to you. Plus, you'll pay that 10% penalty on the growth as well, unless you are over 59 and a half and the account has been open for at least five years. So that is like a big downside of cashing it in is taxes plus that 10% penalty. But the bigger one and the one that's going to depend on a lot of individual factors and the reason that most financial people are just like, don't do it, it's bad. It's how it's going to affect your future prospects for actually retiring. So let's assume that you actually put that money into the 401k because you wanted to save for the future when you would ideally have enough saved that you could stop working and start living on your savings, aka retirement. Before you let today's needs dictate a desire to withdraw some or all of that money, you want to get some clarity on how big or little of an impact that might have on your future retirement. Like my $600, If I'd left that in a retirement account and kept it invested in the stock market, it might be worth like six or $7,000 today. Now that's a decent chunk of money, but 24 years ago, that $600 was kind of sort of short-term life-changing. So I'm cool that my current retirement balance is lower by, you know, six or $7,000 than it would have been if I hadn't cashed that in. But I was also young when I did that. So I had time to recover from the hit or the, you know, $600 that I didn't save. And I was also actively contributing already to the 401k at my new job. So like I already had the behavior in place and was saving early. So while I'll go ahead and say that cashing it in is definitely the least desirable option just because it will cost you taxes and penalties. And if you leave it in a retirement account invested, it will boost your balance for the future. If the amount you're thinking of cashing in is relatively small in the grand scheme, but enough to do something like pay off a debt that would free you up from having to accumulate further debt and start you on the road to getting more financially stable today, it can make sense. Definitely doesn't make sense to like cash it in and just like go buy a handbag. Well, actually, the handbag investor people are going to come after me for that. So I'll say definitely like doesn't make sense to like go on a shopping spree at Old Navy. Definitely no investment value there, right? The other three options assume that you decided not to cash it in, which is usually the best choice, but you do have to decide then which way to go. So let's go through each of those and their pros and cons as well. So the first option here would be to just keep your accounts where they are like at your old jobs. Now, there are reasons to do that. Like you like the investment options better than elsewhere, or you're okay keeping track of multiple accounts. And the most common reason that people might leave their 401k at an old job is when you have a lot of company stock in that account, and you want to someday take advantage of a tax saving strategy that's affectionately called NUA in financial planning parlance, That stands for net unrealized appreciation. Now, I'm going to explain more about that in a minute, but some reasons that you would decide not to keep your 401k at your old company. Well, first of all, and this is my personal opinion, it's 
annoying to keep track of multiple accounts. So maybe you share that opinion. Plus, there are often higher fees for money that are left in 401ks when you no longer work at the company. So the companies that manage 401ks for employers have fees. And typically, the employer will cover some or all of those fees for their active employees. But once you leave the company, you know, maybe if you retire, they might continue to cover it. But if you're leaving to go for another job, they're like, forget it, we're not benefiting you that. So they might start charging your 401k a fee. So it's important to like check your statements for that before you make a decision to keep your money at that employer. Now that said, generally this isn't the best option unless you have that NUA opportunity, which I'll get into in a minute, or you really like the investment choices in the plan at your old job and there isn't really anything else like it at your current employer or through a provider like Fidelity or Schwab, Vanguard, etc. So one real world example of this would be if you used to work for McKinsey, which has these investment options that have made the news in the past that they call their special situations funds. And while those funds are a bit unclear as to exactly what they are invested in, the people who work there are often really big fans of this option. And it's honestly not something that you can find at your typical low cost financial provider like Fidelity or Vanguard. It's kind of like being able to invest in a hedge fund without having to be a qualified investor millionaire. So former McKinseyites might decide to keep at least some of their account there so that they can have access to those funds that they can't get anywhere else. That might be true for other employers as well. Now, NUA, which again stands for net unrealized appreciation, this is basically a special rule that says if you have stock in your 401k that is the company that you worked for, for example, General Mills, where a lot of the people that work for General Mills, they love to invest their 401k in General Mills stock. So basically, there's a special tax rule that lets you withdraw that stock from your 401k separately and pay a lower tax rate, which is the capital gains tax rate, on the growth of that stock versus having to pay the higher, what we call ordinary income tax rate, that you would pay on all other pre-tax 401k withdrawals. So long story short, having employer stock in your 401k offers you an opportunity to save on taxes when you withdraw the money. I don't want to bore you with like a lesson here on taxes, although I'm tempted to because I love to talk about this stuff, but I'll just say this. If your 401k from your old job has stock in that company in it, and it's stock that you would want to keep the account invested in before you decide to do anything, make sure you talk to a qualified tax person or a financial planner who can help you understand the pros and cons. So of course, shameless plug, I'm one of those people who could help you with that. So that would be a perfect reason to book a single coaching session with me. Okay, so the next option for your old 401k would be to consolidate old accounts into your current employer's 401k. So there are a lot of reasons that you might do that. That would include, it's the simplest way to do things. Why not just have all of your workplace retirement savings in one account? Or maybe you like the investment options at your new job, which is sometimes an irrelevant factor, depending on how much you like to fiddle with investing. Or if you ever needed to borrow from your 401k, which whether or not to do that is a separate episode on its own. But if you ever would anticipate that, you'd have a larger pot that could enable you to borrow more if you needed. Another reason would be if you make too much money to contribute directly to a Roth IRA and you would want to fund it through the back door, putting all of your other retirement savings in a 401k helps you avoid what's called the account aggregation rule and therefore some unnecessary taxes. So that's, again, a whole other strategy. But if you are somebody who wants to keep putting money into a Roth IRA, even though you make too much money, there is a strategy to do that. But having an IRA versus a 401k can cause tax consequences. So that would be a reason to consolidate all your old workplace retirement plans into your current 401k. 
And then another reason would be there's also this rule of 55. And this is a rule that allows you to access 401k funds at the age of 55 without penalty versus waiting until you're 59 and a half for other accounts. So this only applies to a 401k from the job that you left at or after 55. So if all your funds are rolled into that account, you could have full access to that for earlier penalty three withdrawals. So like if you have a 401k at your current job and you turn 55 and you leave that job, you could actually withdraw money from that 401k, assuming there's a few other minor rules that you have to follow. But like basically you can access that money earlier. So that would be a reason to like roll your old jobs 401k into your new job, especially if you like started, you know, you've only worked there for a couple of years, you don't have a lot of money in that account, but you would want to start withdrawing money before you're 59 and a half without penalties. So there are also reasons that you might not want to consolidate all your money at your current employer's 401k. So one of those reasons would be that you don't think you're going to be there long enough to go through the hassle. Like maybe you're just, this is like a landing place for you to transition from one career to the other, or you're just feeling it out. You're not totally sure. Um, I have clients who work in the tech space. There's a lot of job hopping. They generally don't tend to find it worth the hassle to like go through all the hoops that 401k companies require them to do to consolidate accounts. So that would be a reason. Or maybe you don't like the investment options at the new job, or there are higher than average fees in your 401k, which is sometimes the case with smaller companies, but less likely to be a problem in today's world. Another reason would be that your current employer just doesn't allow it, or the biggest reason, you don't have a 401k because you didn't go to a new job. Like, obviously, that's not an option then. But here are some thoughts on people who choose this option. Are These are typically people who decide to consolidate their money all in the 401k of their current job would be people who are typically not self-described, quote, money people. And they like to keep things simple. They're cool with using like target retirement date funds or other simple investing options to go to their retirement funds. They're not somebody who is super picky about you know allocating their money among all different investment options. And I also typically see this chosen among folks who plan to stay in a job for a bit, you know, like you're literally planning for this to be your new career home, hopefully for the rest of your career. So I'll also say this is an option that you're less likely to hear even offered when you ask a financial advisor who could otherwise invest the money on your behalf. Now, nothing against my friends who are financial advisors who make money by investing. But like when I worked at Morgan Stanley, I was told, like, always ask people if they have old 401ks because that's like a prime option. I was never going to be like, oh, well, you know, you could always roll that into your current company's 401k. Now, there are laws that technically require those people to like tell you that option, but any financial advisor worth their salt is going to give you all the reasons why that's still not a good option. I'm here to tell you that it might be a good option because I don't make money that way. But anyway, my point being that's going to be less emphasized by the financial advisory folks because they obviously want to invest that money for you and charge you a fee for it. So that leads me to that final reason. And this is the one that a lot of people just go ahead and do. They don't think a lot about it. This is something I did. I didn't really think about it. I just automatically thought you're supposed to roll everything over into a rollover IRA. Now, there are some really great valid reasons to do that. Like the most obvious one would be if you don't have a new 401k, (laughs) particularly if you're like taking a career break or you're not in a position where you're earning a lot of money and would be saving. But if you're somebody who's leaving your job to start a company or to be a freelancer or a contractor like me, then you can open a solo 401k and consolidate that way. Or again, that's a topic for a different day, or you might 
you know, decide to have like a SEP IRA or something. But that obviously, if you don't have the ability to roll it into your other jobs 401k and you don't want to leave it at the old employer, then rolling into an IRA makes sense. But outside of that, assuming that you did move to a new job that has a 401k or 403b or a similar plan, you might still choose to roll your money to an IRA instead. If you want to invest in things that aren't available in your 401k, that would be like if you want to buy individual stocks or you want to trade in ETFs, which are basically index funds that you can trade like stocks versus like you like fidelity funds and your employer has chosen Vanguard or principal as your provider and you want those other funds. So that's the most common reason that people choose to roll their 401k into an IRA is they want different investment options. Another reason would be like you really want to work with a specific provider, like you really like Fidelity because they don't charge any fees or Vanguard or Schwab or Wealthfront, where they Wealthfront is more like a robo-advisor where you fill out like a questionnaire about your risk tolerance and what your goals are and they choose the investment options for you and your 401k might not offer that tool. But some reasons that you wouldn't roll over to an IRA would be that you don't want to have to pick investments from the whole world of investments. You prefer a shorter menu like what's offered in your 401k. That means that you'd likely be investing in a kind of all-in-one fund. So rolling your money over to an IRA and let's say you choose Vanguard who has their target retirement date funds and you were going to choose like your target retirement 2040 and you also had that available at your job, you're going to have lower fees in your 401k plan than you would in the version of that fund that's available to what we call retail investors in your regular IRA. So if you're going to be choosing an all-in-one fund anyway, it's probably going to be better for you to have that money invested in a 401k versus an IRA just because fees for the investments that are offered to 401k providers tend to be lower just because there's more money invested in those funds. A reason that you wouldn't roll over into an IRA would be that you think you would want to do the backdoor Roth IRA contribution method. Generally, people who choose to roll over to an IRA, they have more of an interest in choosing investments or they just want to always know what to do. Like they just want to have a receiving point for their old 401ks. Since like rolling an old 401k into your new 401k can sometimes be an administrative hassle. So if you are like job hopping a little bit or you are somebody who's averse to hassle, like it might be easier just to have an IRA where you roll all that money, but simpler to have it all in one spot than to have it like at five different companies that you've worked for in the past, right? So all that being said, the last two options of either combining it with your new job versus rolling into an IRA, those are totally debatable from a completely unbiased and general perspective. Like from my perspective as a financial coach who doesn't stand to benefit from your choice either way, they're kind of like six one way, half dozen the other. So a financial advisor will always tell you to go the IRA route. A 401k advisor will always tell you to go the 401k route. I'll tell you that it depends on what's most important to you. (laughs) If simplicity is most important, then moving into your new job's 401k is usually the preferred way to go. Unless, of course, you think you'll only be there for a short time. If investing flexibility and control of fees is most important, then that last option, rolling it to an IRA, is usually the preferred way to go. If contributing to a Roth IRA through the back door is important, then putting it into your new job's 401k wins hands down, all other things considered. So I think the biggest takeaway here is that this can be a nuanced decision. And if you're not sure you're thinking of all the factors, that's a perfect reason to find an hourly or session-based financial planner, wink, wink, (laughs) to talk through the options and make sure you're making an informed decision. Now, one final thing worth mentioning is that if you do decide to do the rollover IRA thing, particularly if you're between jobs, but you don't want to leave your money in your old employer's plan, 
you can actually typically transfer IRA money back to a 401k as long as you're transferring like to like. Like you're putting a traditional IRA back into a traditional or pre-tax 401k, or you're putting a Roth IRA into a Roth 401k. So usually if you go to work for a company that will let you roll old 401k money into their plan, they'll also let you transfer IRA money as long as the plan administrators can verify that it is in fact IRA money that you saved and not something like an inherited account or a taxable brokerage account. So it's not like an irrevocable decision that a lot of people think it is. Does this all sound like Greek to you? I hope it's a little clearer at least, but if you still want some support with deciding, I'd love to help you. You can sign up for a single financial coaching session through my website, or I also offer subscription-based ongoing coaching where we engage in a more in-depth relationship and you have unlimited access to asking me questions and getting on my calendar for a call or a session. Just go to financialblisscoach.com services to learn more and sign up. Otherwise, that's all I have for today. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please take a minute to rate this podcast and even leave a review so that other people are more likely to find it. I'd also like to connect with you over on the gram. So give me a follow at Financial Bliss Coach if that is your chosen social media. But for now, this has been Kelly Long, and I hope this has helped you on your journey to finding financial bliss. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Financial Bliss with Kelly Long. I hope you found a nugget to help you move toward your own financial bliss. Please take a moment to rate this podcast if you haven't already. Please note that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice, tax, investment, or otherwise. Kelly C. Long Consulting LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages rising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.